Section thirty-six of *At the Points of the Bayonet: A Tale of the Mahratta War* by J. A. Henty. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Esther Ben Simonides. *At the Point of the Bayonet: A Tale of the Mahratta War*, Chapter Seventeen: An Escape, Part Two. The rope was soon fixed. I will go first, Sahib, and will let you know how far you will have to drop, for the wall looks, to me, higher than it was at the point where I intended to descend. It was tied round the neck of a gun, and Abdul at once slipped down. There was a pause, then a slight dull sound, and the rope hung loose. The knot at the end is ten feet from the ground, Abdul said in a low tone. That is near enough, Harry replied, and then he swung himself over. When he came to the last knot, he lowered himself to the full length of his arms and let go. The fall was not much more than a yard, and Abdul stood close by, ready to catch him, should he miss his foothold on alighting. They at once started, at a rapid pace, down the hill. They had nearly reached the plain, when the deep note of a horn was heard. "'That is the alarm!' Harry exclaimed. "'They have found out that I have gone.' "'They will soon be after us, but there is no fear of their catching us,' Abdul said, as they broke into a trot. "'No one will know, at first, what has happened. Everyone will run to his post. Then they will have to search the fort.' and all the ground between it and the lower wall. All that will take time. It may be an hour before horsemen stop. I do not think that they would miss you till tomorrow morning. I suppose the Rajah sent up for me to amuse himself by threatening me. He would hardly venture to do more until he is sure that Hokar has defeated us. However, as you say, there is very little chance of their catching us. As soon as they were down on the plain, Harry went on. We had better strike north for an hour or two. They are sure to ride across the plain in the direction of Delhi, thinking we shall make straight for the city. That will be best, Sahib. Fortunately, the rain had ceased, and the sky was cloudless, so that they were able to direct their course by the stars. For two hours they kept due north, and then turned west. It was a long journey from the point where they had turned. Harry calculated that it would be nearly fifty miles. The fort was some fifteen miles northeast of Sekara, and they were now farther away from Delhi than they had been when they started. He felt the advantage of the light native dress, and the sandals that Abdul had given him instead of his boots. When they came across cultivated ground they walked, but a great portion of the country was a sandy waste, with the ruins of villages and temples that had, in the palmy days of the empire, stood there. Across this they went at a trot, for the sand was generally compact enough to sustain their weight. "'We shall hardly get there before day breaks, Sahib,' Abdul remarked. "'No, but that is of little consequence. Probably by this time Holkar will have marched away, either to give battle, or, what is more likely, to recruit and for many miles round Delhi the country will be rejoicing, at having been spared the ruin that would have befallen it had he taken the city. So I have no fear that we shall be hindered on the way, though they may wonder at my appearance, for the dye is almost worn off now, and any one can see that I am a white. They will be all the more willing to render us any assistance. There is no fear of the Rajah's horsemen keeping up the pursuit, beyond halfway between Saqqara and the city, for they must know that all the Zemindars and the people round it are in our favour, and that they might be attacked when beyond the limits of the Raja Zagir. When morning broke, they could see, in the distance, the minarets of Delhi. They must be ten miles away, Abdul, and I will enter the next house we come to. I fancy from our position we must be close to the residence of the Zemindar, who, at once, brought in a force of fifty men to aid in the defense of the town. There we are sure of hospitable treatment, and, indeed, I sorely need rest and food. I have eaten nothing since yesterday morning, and, counting the distance we made to the north after leaving the fort, we must have walked nearly fifty miles. Half a mile farther they saw a horse, and made straight for it. "'Is Shuja Khan within?' 
Harry Ashton arm retainer standing at the entrance. The soldier recognized Harry, having seen him when he called upon his master, and replied, "'He returned last night, my lord.' "'Will you tell him that Captain Lindsay, who was treacherously captured by the Raja of Sakara, has just escaped, and is on his way to the city, and that he asks for his hospitality?' "'Enter, my lord,' the man said, salaaming deeply. "'Our master will, I am sure, gladly receive you.' He showed Harry into a large room, where, a few minutes later, the zemindar joined him. "'Peace be with you, Sahib. I am rejoiced to see you in safety, for I heard at Delhi that you had not returned, and there are fears that ill had befallen you and your escort.' "'My escort were killed, and I myself carried a prisoner to the Raja's hill-fort, and I have owed my escape to the faithfulness of my servant, who got away when the others were massacred, and, disguising himself, got into the fort and contrived my escape.' "'All honour be to him,' the zemindar said. "'Then you have walked all night?' Yes, we went ten miles to the north first, knowing that we should be pursued, for we heard the alarm given just after we started. We have walked fifty miles, and when I say that I have eaten nothing since yesterday morning, you may be sure that we are sorely in need of refreshment. It shall be got ready at once, Sahib, and while it is being prepared, you can take a bath and a change of garments. I need the bath almost as much as I need a feed, Harry laughed. I have just been looking into the glass, and see that I am well nigh as dark as when I came to you nine or ten days ago. His host led him to a room containing a bath, which was soon filled by the servants, one of whom brought in a handsome suit of the Zimindar's clothes. It was more than half an hour before he went down again. As soon as he entered the room, a servant brought in a meal, consisting of slices of meat on a skewer and a pilau of chicken. The Zimindar sat by while he ate his meal, and Harry gave him a short account of the manner in which he had effected his escape. The former, in turn, related the events of the siege, adding that spies had brought in the news, late in the afternoon, that Holkar would march away in the morning, as he had heard that the English army was but two days distant. Was he going to meet the English, or to retire towards Malwar? That I could not say, Sahib, for the spies could not tell us. Doubtless he and his army are much dispirited at their failure to take the city. But the general opinion of the townspeople was that he would give battle, be victorious, and would return and continue the siege. I have no fear of his being victorious. He knows, in the Battle of Asai and Puna, how Scindia was utterly routed, and how— at Laswari and Delhi, the Marathas were scattered, and I do not think that he will venture upon giving battle. But if he does, I have no fear, whatever, of the result. It was more than his old army could do to break up Monson's force, though composed entirely of native infantry, until it was near Algra. This time there will be British infantry and cavalry, and the Marathas will never stand against their charge. Harry had already inquired about Abdul, and found that he had also had a meal, and was now asleep. Now, Sahib, Shuja said, it were best that you should rest for a time. There will be not doing in Delhi today, and, after the heat of the day is over, we can supply you with horses and an escort. Harry accepted the invitation, for he was stiff and sore from his exertions. The man showed him to a room that had been prepared for him, and he was soon fast asleep. He did not wake until the sun was getting low. He at once went downstairs. The horses are ready, the Zemindar said, but I pray you to take a meal before mounting. It is ready, and will be served directly. Harry, who had been too tired to do justice to his food in the morning, was by no means sorry to take another meal. As he rose to go, he thanked the zemindar most heartily for his kindness. "'It is an honour that you have bestowed upon me,' the zemindar said, courteously. "'You and your brave countrymen are fighting to free us from the oppression of the Marathas, and any one of your race would meet with a hearty welcome here.' The horses were now brought round. The one intended for Harry was a very handsome animal, richly caparisoned. 
"'It is a fine horse indeed,' he said, as he was about to mount. "'The horse is yours, Sahib, Shuja Khan said. "'He is of good breed, and will carry you far and fast. "'I shall esteem it a great honour that you should ride him. "'Do not thank me, I pray you. "'Tis but a little thing to do for one of our brave defenders, "'of whose deed one of your officers was telling me when he was deploring your loss.' "'I thank you most heartily, Khan, and, after the manner in which you have given it, "'I cannot refuse so handsome a present. "'I shall be proud to ride such an animal.' and you may be sure that, as I do so, I shall often think of him who presented it to me, and shall assuredly mention to Colonel Octorloni the very great kindness with which you have received me. As he rode off, followed by an escort of four of the Zemindar's retainers, he saw with satisfaction that Abdul was also attired in clean white garments. You have done well, I hope, Abdul. I have been well treated indeed, Sahib, and the Zemindar's headman told me that I was considered the horse on which I ride my own. He will carry me well, for he is a stout and serviceable animal. I was wondering what we should do for horses, for there are but few in the city, as most of those owning them sent them away, with their valuables, on hearing of Holkar's approach. The Zemindar is a generous man indeed. He has, as you heard, presented me with the horse that I am riding. It is certainly a splendid animal, and, though my own was a good one, this is far better. In fact, I have seen no handsomer horse anywhere. I wish you had as good a one. Abdul, and then we need not fear being overtaken, though half the Maratha army were in pursuit. They entered the city by the north gate, and saw nothing of the enemy, who were encamped on the other side of the city. Harry is more warmly received by Colonel Octoloni. "'I have been in much anxiety about you,' he said. "'That you had been detained was certain, but I hoped that that petty rajah would not have ventured to harm you, for he would be sure that, sooner or later, we should have a heavy reckoning with him. "'I fancy, sir, that he is waiting for news from here.' He was convinced that Holkar would take the city and defeat Lord Lake. Had he done so, I have no doubt that he would either have sent me prisoner to him, or would have dispatched me and only forwarded my head. As I felt certain that things would not turn out as he stated, I had no great fear for my life. But I thought that I might have been kept a prisoner for a very long time, for Lord Lake would have his hands full in other directions. Then he released you on the news that Holkar had failed to capture the city? No, sir. I got away owing to the fidelity of my orderly, who, after riding off himself, when the two troopers with me were attacked and killed, entered a hill-fort where I was confined, took service there, and contrived my escape. I shall hand in a report with the details, for your perusal, when things have quietened down a bit. My man has rendered me other valuable services, and I should be greatly pleased if, in consideration of the fidelity and daring that he has shown, you would think it fit to recommend him for promotion as a native officer. He belongs to the 3rd Bombay Cavalry. I shall certainly have pleasure in doing so, Captain Lindsay. I shall, of course, be drawing up a list of the Zemindars and others who have rendered services, and recommending them for reward to the government. If you will give me the particulars as to the man's name and services, I will include him in the list. He has been with you some time, has he not? Yes, sir, for upwards of six years. He accompanied me from Calcutta to Nagpur, when I went on a mission to the Rajah, whom it was desirable to keep neutral until the war in Mysore was brought to an end. He was at Asai, and journeyed in disguise across the country with me, to carry the news of that victory to General Lake. He took part with me in the cavalry charge at La Soiree, and in the retreat of Colonel Munson's column. "'That is quite good enough,' Colonel Octoloni said. "'But I should think it would be the shortest and best way for you to recommend him direct to Lord Lake, who would be able to put him in orders at once. At the same time, I will send to Calcutta a recommendation that some special reward be granted to him. There will be a large number of forfeitures of the estates of those who have sided with Scindia and Holkar. I make no doubt that—' On my strong recommendation, he will obtain a grant of the revenue of a village or two. Such a grant would do good by showing the instances of fidelity, even in the case of a private soldier, do not go unnoticed or unrewarded. 
We expect the general's arrival here in a couple of days. I shall be very glad, sir, if only because my uniform is coming on with his baggage. At present, with my white face and this showy native dress, I feel that I am stared at by everyone I meet. The uniform that Captain Ewart lent to me I had to leave behind when I made my escape. It will not inconvenience him, poor fellow, the colonel said, for he was almost cut in two by a cannon shot as the enemy advanced to the last assault. When the general arrived within three miles of the city, Harry rode out to his camp, and, having first obtained his uniform, went in to report himself. "'So you got through safely, Captain Lindsay. I suppose that you had, when the news reached us that Delhi was defending itself stoutly, for, had they not had some day's warning, they could hardly have helped for an hour.' "'This is Colonel Byrne's report of the military operations of the siege, sir, and this is a letter from the resident, and this is my own report of my doing since I left you at Agra.' "'Thank you, Captain Lindsay. I shall have a communication to send to Colonel Octoloni this afternoon, and should be obliged if you will carry it for me.' Harry bowed and left, and then joined the officers of the staff, who were just sitting down to lunch, and were all glad to see him again. "'So you managed to get through Hawkeye's lines, Lindsay?' "'Oh, yes, I met with no difficulty, and only fell in once with any of his troops. I spent an evening with their officer, and after that rode through without interruption. There is really no danger, and I don't think Colonel Carr himself could have suspected me of being a British officer.' "'And now, about the siege, you may imagine that we were all very anxious about it. "'For though, of course, we should soon have retaken the place, "'there have been a general plunder and massacre by that brute Holkar. "'You must wait for particulars till you get there,' Harry said, "'for I know nothing about it whatever, except what I have heard.' "'And how is that?' "'I was at the time a prisoner in the hands of the Pretty Raja of Sakara. "'He promised to send in three hundred men. "'The day before Holkar arrived, I was sent to urge him to dispatch them instantly to aid in the defence.' He was evidently impressed with the idea that Holkar was going to retake the place without any difficulty, and would afterwards annihilate our army. So, thinking that was the winning side, he arrested me, and sent me off to a hill fort fifteen miles away, and murdered my two troopers. "'And how did you get away?' Harry gave an account of the manner in which Abdul had managed his escape. "'Such a fellow as that is a jewel. He is indeed major, and I would not part with him for any money. He came round with me from Bombay to Calcutta six years ago, and has ridden with me ever since. He fought most gallantly in the Malay Peninsula, and at many other places. In my report to the general of my last adventure, I have mentioned his services with me in my various journeys, and have strongly recommended his promotion. He well deserves it, the major said. He has, like you, carried his life in his hand, for, if he had been detected, undoubtedly he would have shared your fate. End of section 36. Recording by Esther Ben Simonides.